0: Jesus. He's the firm foundation of our faith. Almost everyone, Christian or not, knows his name. But even some who believe in him don't really know what he said, or at least they don't understand it fully. Tonight, we'll talk about what Jesus said about salvation. We'll talk about what Jesus says about God himself, what he said about this life and what happens after and what Jesus said about the scriptures. So, what did Jesus say about salvation? <clears throat> Number one, he came to save sinners. Most people do not like to think of themselves as sinners, but that's exactly who Christ came to save. This reminds me a bit of the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15, 11 through 32. The good news of Jesus and his salvation wasn't for those who were already faithful, It was for those who kept stumbling. A good example of this is Mark 2.17. It says, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but the sinners, to repentance. Likewise, Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. But we also need to remember Jesus' sacrifice for sinners like us. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Second, salvation requires belief. In John three sixteen, as previously said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But here's the big part, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. In John 8, 24, it says, If you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Remember, belief is a core part of our faith. Not, And it's a belief in not just the words that are spoken, but the one who spoke them. Third, salvation requires repentance. Repentance is a change of mind and lifestyle. To become a Christian, we must <clears throat> turn away from sin and follow God's will. <clears throat> Acts 3:22 says, "Repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out." Please turn your Bibles to Matthew 4:17. That's Matthew 4:17. Now, Jesus had just heard that John the Baptist was arrested. So he left Nazareth to go to Capernaum and then he began preaching so that a prophecy could be fulfilled. He said, "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." <clears throat> Luke 13:3 says, "Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish." The steps to salvation according to Romans 10 are to one: hear the word, to believe the word, to repent of your sins, to confess your sins, and to be baptized. Repentance is absolutely a necessity to our salvation. Lastly, salvation requires baptism. One of the more controversial topics of our salvation is the necessity of baptism. But what does the Bible say about this? Well, like I mentioned before, baptism is one of the most necessary steps to our salvation. But what other verses convey this message? John 3, 5 says, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Baptism isn't just immersion in water, or submersion in water. It's immersion in God. <clears throat> Mark sixteen fifteen through 16 says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he do, who does not believe will be condemned. Not only does this verse express the importance of baptism to us, but it can also relate to us sharing the word with others so that they may also reach salvation. Similarly, Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things I have commanded you. And Acts 2, 38 says repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the holy spirit the bible says that you shouldn't repent or be baptized you shouldn't repent and be baptized only if you feel like it repentance and baptism are both necessary to our faith and salvation throughout his life Jesus said a great deal about salvation. He even died for the words, for the truths that he said. So, are we listening to his words? To prepare for Mr. Owen Hood's lesson, we're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 40 that 's matthew chapter twenty two verses thirty seven to forty If you would like to read along in the Red pewback, that would be page eight twenty eight Matthew chapter twenty two verses thirty seven through forty. Jesus said to them, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment, and the second is like it: You shall love the Lord your neighbor as, you shall love the, your neighbor as yourself." On these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophets.
1: Tonight's lesson, we'll be looking to what Jesus said about God and how no man ever spoke like this man, referenced in John chapter seven, verse 46. We can never know much about God unless he revealed himself to us, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. Jesus came to reveal God to the world, John chapter 1, verse 14. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost, Luke 19, verse 10. Jesus made some profound and amazing statements about God. First, Jesus said, loving God is the great commandment. Someone asked Jesus in Matthew chapter 22, verse 35 and 36, which of the Old Testament commands was the greatest. Jesus responded by quoting Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, and Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, 38, which reads, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Verse 38, this is the first and great commandment. Jesus said it is the first and greatest commandment. Loving God is what our lives are to be all about. And Jesus shows us what that looks like by the way he lived. Jesus is the ultimate example of a God-centered life that we should follow. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 and 22. Concluding this point, Jesus expresses the importance of having a loving relationship with our God with our Father. In addition to Jesus saying loving God is the great commandment, Jesus also taught his disciples how to pray. Please turn your Bibles to Luke chapter six, verse 12. That is Luke chapter six, verse 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. As we read, Jesus believed in the power of prayer and spent much time in prayer, Luke 6:12. Jesus' disciples also asked him how to teach how to teach them how to pray. Luke 11 verse 1. The prayers of Jesus shows that his heart trusted in God. Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 44. Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, but also how to have a deep and meaningful relationship with our father in heaven. In addition to Jesus telling us what the greatest commandment is and how Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, finally, Jesus claimed to be God. If any other man besides Jesus had made the following statements, he would be found guilty of blasphemy, but not Jesus. Jesus rightfully claimed to be God. Jesus claimed to have been in existence before Abraham, said in John chapter eight, verse 58. Jesus claimed to be one with the Father in John 10, verse 30 through 33. Because of these statements made by Jesus, people tried to stone Jesus because they understood he was claiming to be divine. Please turn your Bible to Luke chapter 5, verse 8. That is Luke chapter 5, verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, "Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord." Jesus himself said that worship is reserved for God alone. Matthew 4:10. And yet, Jesus accepted it. Concluding this point, we read Jesus claimed to be God. He claimed to be one with the Father in John 10:30. Jesus also said he himself came to seek seek to save life, that we may have it more abundantly, John chapter 10, verse 10. In the end, we must thank God for Jesus, who has taught us more about the nature of the God that we serve.
0: Um. Good evening, everyone. Today's scripture reading will be coming from John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. Once again, today's scripture reading will be coming from John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, and it states, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. And in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also.
2: I want to start with the story of the Roman soldiers that came to arrest Jesus. But these soldiers didn't arrest him because they were so astonished at what this man's saying. And they left him, saying, no man ever spoke like this man. Tonight, I want to focus on what Jesus said about life and death. Common question before Jesus' time, like in Job fourteen fourteen. If a man dies, shall he live again? Many Jews in Christ's day, such as the Sadducees, never even believed in the resurrection from the dead, as seen in Matthew twenty-three 22 through 23. He said that all will rise from the dead one day. If you would please turn to me to John 5, 28 through 29. I'll be reading from the New, New King James that is John five twenty eight and 29. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. He promised us that all who are in the graves will rise again one day on judgment day. Matthew 9, 18 through 26 says, and he saw a crowd of people crying loudly. Jesus said, go away. The girl is not dead. She is only sleeping. But the people laughed at him. After the people were put out of the house, Jesus went into the girl's room. He held her hand and she stood up. The news of this spread around the area. Here we see that Jesus has such great power that he's able to speak life into someone even if they are already dead. First Corinthians fifteen twenty says teaches us that the resurrection of Jesus guarantees our own resurrection will take place. He promises a dying man that he would live on. Luke twenty three, forty one through forty three. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The thief showed faith in Jesus and was promised that he would live with Jesus in paradise. And Jesus showed mercy on this man, even in his last moments, promising him that he would be in heaven with him. This promise involved speed this day, involved the company with me, and it involved glory in paradise. Jesus said that death is not the end of our existence. He assured a grieving woman that her brother would live again. Jesus told Martha in John 11:25 through26 that he is the resurrection and the life. Then he raised Lazar- Lazarus from the dead to strengthen her faith, as seen in John 11:38 through44. He promised us that he has gone to prepare a place for us. John 14:1 through3, "Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me." In my father's house there are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you and I go and I will come again to receive you myself to myself that where I am you may be also He said to his disciples assuring them that there will be a dwelling place after they die If you would turn to me turn with me to first Thessalonians four thirteen through eighteen. That's First Thessalonians four thirteen through eighteen. And it states, "But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus." For this we say to you by the word of by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means per- precede those who are asleep for the Lord himself will descend from the heavens and shout with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first then those who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So we can trust the words of Jesus that death is not the end of our existence.
0: Good evening. The scripture reading before Ben Johnston's devotional will be from Hebrews chapter four, verses 12 and 13. And if you're using the Red Pew Bible, that will be found on page 1003. Once again, Hebrews chapter four, verses 12 and 13, page 1003. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there's no creature hidden from his sight but all things are open and laid bare to, his, to the eyes of him with whom we have to do.
3: Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. The author of Psalms writes in Psalms 119, verse 97. This was Jesus's attitude about the word of God. The Word of God guides us and tells us what is right, Psalm 119, verse 11. Jesus understood and knew the importance of Scripture, and he loved it. He used Scripture to rebuke Satan when he was being tempted. We see this in Matthew 3, verses 3 through 11. He also knew Scripture extremely well, even as a young boy. We see this in Luke chapter 2, when Jesus is left behind in Jerusalem. When his earthly parents finally found him, he was conversing with the teachers in the temple, and verse 47 of Luke chapter two says that all were amazed at his understanding and his answers. So tonight, I would like for us to look at five different things that Jesus said about scripture and why it is so important. First, Jesus said scripture is from God. He said this when he was being tempted by the devil in Matthew 4, 4, scripture comes from the mouth of God. Scripture is God's commands, not man's demands. And we see this in Matthew 15, verse 9, In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Next, Jesus also said that Scripture is true. God is true, and therefore everything that comes from him is true. The fact that Scripture is true is directly stated in Daniel 10.21. But I will tell you what is noted in the Scripture of truth. And in John 17:17, 17, 17, Jesus is praying to God and he says, "Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth." Third, scripture is also indestructible. Jesus says this directly in John 10:35. The scripture cannot be broken. In Matthew 24:35, Jesus tells us that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. God is eternal and true, and therefore, everything that he says and everything that comes from him is also eternal and true. Fourth, in Luke four sixteen through 20, we see that Jesus studied the scriptures. Have you not read, he says to the Pharisees in Matthew 19, verse 4, implying that he has read and knew the scriptures and also expects others to do so also. We should be reading and treasuring the word of God in our hearts. We should also want to be the good soil that we read about in Mark 4, verses 3 through 20 in the parable of the sower. And to do that, we need to read, study, and internalize what God has said in the Bible. Finally, Jesus said that scripture must be obeyed. Reflecting back to our first four points, we should obey scripture because it is from God, it is true, it is indestructible, and it must be studied. In Luke eleven nineteen, Jesus said, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Please turn your Bibles to Matthew 7:24. And we will read to verse 27. That's Matthew 7:24. It is here that we find the parable of the wise man who built his house on the rock and of the foolish of the foolish man who built his house on the sand. True discipleship cannot happen without God's words. Jesus says this in Matthew 27:24. 20, Please read with me. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. He then goes on to say in verse 25, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Many of us know what happened to the foolish man's house. The rains came and washed his house away, as we see in verse 27. And the rains fell and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Therefore, we should build our faith on the rock of our salvation and follow God's commandments. Jesus is the perfect example to us, and we must strive to read, study, and obey God's commandments, just as our ultimate example of Christ did. So tonight, we have looked at how Jesus spoke and what he said about Scripture. Jesus also died for our sins, and it is through his death that we have the hope of eternal life in heaven with him. Maybe you'd like to respond and be baptized, or you'd like to ask for prayers. Heaven's invitation is yours, so whatever your need is, please come forward as together we stand and as we sing.